The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor strength and body you are looking for in that moment when you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch simple yet substantial tobacco talent time roma craft tobacco the after show the after show the after show the after after show show. i was gonna see if you guys were gonna do it look at that what a mess (laughs) this is the get a refund roma craft (laughs) this is the after show and uh john soccer was here with his dad steve soccer and uh today i thought the right subject is um do you want to start your own cigar brand? What does it oh, take? Oh, I hate this question. So the question that comes to me all the time is, do you want to open a cigar shop? And what does it take to do it? And my job typically is to turn you off to do it. And if that doesn't scare you enough, then, okay, this is what it is. And everybody thinks what everybody else does is very easy. Always. Yeah, so that's what it comes down to. Uh, it isn't easy. Um, and what does it cost? What, it, what is the, you know, so there's uh, Mr. Cigar Smoker that's out there. He's been smoking cigars for years. And he says, I'd like to make a brand on my own. Um, what does it take to end up doing that? So uh, what is it, what's the first step? Where do you go? Well, the first step is to ask yourself why you're doing it. Because if you're doing it with the intent that you're going to earn a living doing it, there are a lot of better ways to make money. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that most people don't understand is that for every success story, we're in an industry that there's easily 300 to 400 failures. Yeah. And they just don't even see the failures. Um, and look, I don't see all the failures either, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not the business that is perceived from the outside. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very complex business because of all the international. It's very complex because of all the regulatory issues. It's very complex because you have to – you also have to ask yourself, how are you going to compete in a market Yeah. as a small – first off, you have to understand the big companies have all the advantages. They have the marketing budgets. They have the distribution. They have the sales channels. They have the brand managers. I mean, they have professional design companies that the do legacy. the artwork. They Lawyers. have the legacy. Yeah. Everything. So and so, you you have to understand that you're at a huge deficit there, and then you got to come into the arena and you've got to compete with the small people, right? And the thing is, there are some really sharp small people too. You know, you've got people, you know, like me, that you're going to be fighting against for right. shelf space. And, well, you know, that's the, that's the thing. You got to get into the store. So you created the nice, and there's been a lot of great cigars that didn't make it. Absolutely. The product itself is good. The brand name is good. Everything is and good, and they just I, can't do it. I think you approached it differently, Steve. You put a lot of money in up front. Right. I, but, I, but I put it, but, but also, 
I can do that because I know how to. Right. You know, and I have the right partnerships and I know all the right people and I know all the growers and all the brokers and I know it's it's an education that I gained over, you know, nearly three decades of experience. Right. And most people are like, hey, I'd really like to have a brand and they get it made by a factory and they come up with some artwork and then they try to go and sling it and you have to ask yourself, well, what is the reason why the retailer would put my brand on the shelf compared to another brand? Or to take a brand off the shelf in order to take take yours. They they have to take a brand off the shelf. You go into a retail store and the shelves are filled, right? I mean, the only space downstairs right now is so is my brands because they're all pulled out for the event, right? right? <laughs> but once those go back into the case, there's not a linear inch to no. be had. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to have something that justifies to the retailer that he's going to pull something down to put yours up. And what you have to understand is while you're having that conversation, everybody's having that conversation. Right. The big guys have their new stuff. The medium-sized guys have their new stuff. The small guys like me have our new stuff. So it's a really, really tough gig. I always – and also – and look, this is a general thing. You know how many times I've been pitched about getting in – I love whiskey. Mm -hmm. I'm always getting pitched to get into the spirits business. And I love coffee. You know how many pitches I've gotten to get into the coffee business? How many people you saw fail on this? And the reason I don't do these things is because I'm not an expert at them. Right? I love coffee. I know what coffee I like and I don't like. I know what booze I like and what I don't like. And I know more about maybe coffee and how distilling works than a lot of other people. But I'm not delusional to think that I'm actually adding. I'm still someone that's going to be educated. I mean, even here I am three decades later, and I still learn new stuff. You know? And so I think it's a really tough road to hoe. Now, if you're going to do it, because people are going to continue to do it, I would say to you, do not try to do a national model. Try to do a regional model. Do something where you can basically get into your car and visit the stores in your area and start to build those personal relationships with the retailers in your area. And you're just going to have to grind it out because you to try to go national is just crazy. And what oddly enough happens is a lot of these small brands try to go national and they kind of slip into becoming regional brands. Yes, it you know? ends up falling where it is. Interesting thing you said to me yesterday was, and imagine somebody and they come to you. Why would they ever come to two guys? Why would they ever come to Corona, to Abe, the biggest ones? They actually shouldn't. They should not. They're because not ready it's the for that. worst place to be. They all think that, oh my God, I got, even, even the companies like in my frame, they think, oh, my God, I'm in Cigars International. I'm in JR Cigar. Mm. You know, the money, the streets are going to be paid with gold. And it's just the opposite. Yeah, it's the worst you. place for you to be. I mean, the brand has to have a certain amount of inherent pull. And the other thing is, it's very hard when you're small. You're so desperate for the cash that you will make deals and you will sell cigars that you shouldn't have sold and that you shouldn't have made that deal on. And you end up doing business with a lot of people that you shouldn't have done business with because you need the business. And it's all the wrong things that you need to do to manage your brand. But here's the problem. I know that. And I know that through experience. They're actually going to be getting the education firsthand. If you really want to do it, go work for a cigar company. Spend at least 10 years in the trenches. 
One of the best things you can do is go get a job at a retail shop. That's why I always tell somebody who wants to open a cigar store. Yeah. Look, don't even talk about opening a cigar store until you've worked in a shop for at least a year. Yeah. Go work because and then they're like, well, I can't afford to work for whatever a clerk gets paid. Dude, you're gonna lose so much more money. <laughs> yes. Okay, making so many mistakes that Honestly, the little bit of money that you're going to lose working for a year as a clerk in a cigar store is the absolute best education that you're ever going to yeah. get. As, and assuming it's, it's a good store, you're going to go to a bad store, yeah. you, may, you may pick up some bad things and say, oh, th this is acceptable. Well, not if you're going to open a store and you have any competition. It's not acceptable and you're going to fail and you're going to feel bad. And nobody wants to see it. Um, these people do approach me, and sometimes it's out of pity, to be honest with you, of, all right, I'll take some of the thing on, and, you know, I, I don't yeah, think Yeah, but it's you're, gonna... you're a nice guy. Yeah. You're too am, am nice. I, am, am I nice, or am I well, look, every setting one, themselves look, up for disaster? Every once in a while, you know, weird things take off. It does happen, right? It does occur, but it's so, so rare. Um, and the thing, too, is, I mean... Not only do you have to ask yourself, what am I giving the retailer that, is, that he doesn't currently have? Yeah. Because you've got to understand, the retailer doesn't make more money selling your cigar than he makes selling cigar B, C, C D. He makes the same margin. Yeah. So there's really no incentive for a retailer to particularly promote your brand. He's worried about getting people to come into his store and buy cigars in his store. He's not worried about people coming in and buying Sober Mesa. Right. He doesn't care. The guy comes through the door and he buys X, Y, Z you're happy as a retailer. Right. So you have to ask yourself, what tools, what are you giving the retailer that's going to be a benefit to them? What niche can you provide? Right. Which, you know, for me, it's kind of like, okay, I have my pedigree. So it kind of gives them a story. I'm also giving them a really super high quality product that's at a higher price point, which is an incentive. But, you know, by the you, way, they all say it's super high quality. Yours is. Right. But you well, know that right. everybody says. But this what is else are you going to say? Gonna... I, I want to know where the where the worst <laughs> priming go, or where yeah. the worst thing, yeah. because everybody uses the best. Of and the, the best. thing is, the guy that's starting a brand, he's at the whim of the factory. Of course, you know what I mean. And you're like, and the end product is so detrimental because it's so hard to get a consumer to try something. Mm -hmm. And the last thing you want is for them to have a subpar experience when they try it. Because you only get that one bite at the apple kind of thing. And the problem you have is if you don't really know how a factory runs and how it operates and how cigars are made, and these are the things that are good. But the way most of these guys are, like, we want it to be dark. And, yeah, I smoked the one out of bag seven. I like it, but I wish it was stronger. And then the factory goes and makes it a little stronger. But they don't even, like, there are so many blends that I've made that I will never put in a box because I know they're not sustainable. Right? I know that I cannot repeat this ever yeah. again, yeah. okay? But you have to understand, when you come to Nicaragua or Dominican Republic, and you come and say, hey, I want... And these guys, literally, they're ordering like 100. I mean, they'll start a whole new brand with 500 boxes <laughs> and six sizes, okay? Which is just crazy, right? They have nothing to work with. Yeah. Look at it from our end at the factory level. This guy, we're making 40,000 handmade cigars a day. A guy comes and gives us to make 510 count boxes. That's 5,000 cigars. That's one hour's worth of work on one day. Okay? And it's not like we're going to do a crappy job. But do you really think yeah. that at the factory level, we're going to invest all this effort and all this time to make this guy that's giving you this 500 box order 
something special, something unique. I mean, it's just nonsense. 50 of them came through already before the same exact thing happened. So they've been burned of let me put a lot of effort into this and it never pans out. But 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 there's always some factory somewhere that for whatever reason they need the work and they'll take the work. So if you want to get cigars made, you want to get bands made, you can get into this for as little as probably $30,000, $35,000. Okay. Honestly, I wouldn't touch it without at least a half a million minimum. And the other thing, too, is you don't spend that. And the other thing that they always make mistakes on is they think they're going to brand their way. They're going to market their way. And just stop. You're not. (laughs) You are not going to penetrate consumer consciousness in three years, five years. I mean, you still have consumers that still can't get Padron right. They call it Patron, right? I mean, how much more marketed can you be? You know, so, I mean, it's just it's just a much harder road to hoe that I think most people realize. And I've seen so many people, and I, I don't want to name names no. because I don't want to be that guy, yeah. but there have been a lot of really good, really hardworking people that have put a tremendous amount of effort and time and have ultimately had to kind of bow out. And the Along thing is, with the money people, there's been big money put into this industry. Huge. Big, big money. And that's the way a lot of these, fail. this is the way these little guys, a lot of them get into it, is with other people's money, which then makes it even worse. Because now you have that whole partnership yeah. thing. And the truth is, look, as a small company, we're doing amazingly well. But the reality is we didn't make a nickel the first three years. We didn't lose money. Mm -hmm. And as we were discussing in the previous program, I'm not just flinging around cash. I'm not buying a crappy ad on Cigar Authority, right? We have to come (laughs) up with something good. You know what I mean? I guess that one didn't take. You know, so I mean, it's just – so it's just one of these things that you really – you need to way dial back your expectations. You need to be willing to commit an awful lot of time and a lot of effort. And can you do it? Yes, you can do it. Are there success stories like Rocky Patel? Are there success stories like Alan Rubin and Alec they Bradley? They worked very, very hard. You know how hard I know these guys how, right. They were on the road for friggin' 10 years. Yeah, I mean, Rocky Patel, I, don't, I think he was probably in a hotel room probably almost 270, 300 nights a year for almost a decade straight. Never married, hmm. never had a pet. Right. Never had children, gave everything to Gave it. everything. Yeah. Right. That's and that That's, that is what it takes. takes. Yeah. That is what it honestly takes to get there. <clears throat> and particularly when you're somebody that's like you like to smoke cigars and you know you like a certain taste and you don't have any of the other stuff. I mean it's it's branding is complex. Distribution's complex. Logistics are complex. You know, being able to communicate to consumers in the various mediums, dealing with the retailers are complex. This is a much more challenging thing than most people realize. And truly, the only way ultimately you make a significant amount of money in the cigar business is one of two things have to happen. You either have to go multi-generational, okay, where the family is in the business for a minimum of about 40 years, okay, or you have to be bought out. Those are really the only two pathways because it's such a cash-consuming business that you're spending so much. Growth is one of your greatest enemies, That's right? That's when they go bankrupt. And, the, and so it's kind of one of these things. And also, you got to know how to manage that growth. And so it's – I hate to discourage anyone from following their dream, but you got to look around and see who your competition is 
look at what the retailers have on their shelves. And the thing is, retailers have been burned by so many small brands that they're very reluctant to bring them in. And even somebody that's doing as well as we're doing, we're still getting some really substantial new accounts that are finally like, all right, they've been around five years. I got customers coming in and asking for it. All right, I'm now whoever that may be, a Davidus of the world or Emerson's of the world that are now starting to stock our products. You know, but and, that, and that's because you were well known beforehand. Typically, a new brand ten years is the ten. overnight sensation. Ten. So you think this is an overnight thing? This is a grind. Like you wouldn't. You'll be the poorest you've ever been in your life by owning your own brand. Uh, like don't keep the day. Jo- don't lose that day job because it, even as a retailer, for three years I kept my night job. Because there was no way that I could survive actually in retail. On the manufacturing side or in the brand ownership side, forget about it. I haven't mastered that at all yet. Still trying to figure it out. So it is so difficult. But I hear, Steve, I hear on a daily basis somebody comes to me. It's either a store or I'd like to start my own brand. Can I bend your ear for a little while and stuff? And I start at the very beginning. What can I say to discourage you from making this mistake? But you also hate discouraging people from doing what you did. It's not like to exclude them. Because, look, honestly, the guy that opens a little small brand, he's not my competitor. You know what I mean? I don't look at that guy that's starting off. I, I want him to do well. I want him to succeed. It actually benefits me. The more small manufacturers that do really great work, actually helps retailers start to have faith yeah. in these smaller brands and to like give them an opportunity. So actually, it's the other way around. The more of people in my size that can prove to the retailers that they're worthy of having on the shelves actually helps to take away from the shelf space of the big mega companies. And that's actually who my – that's who I consider my competition – I always don't – I don't believe in punching down because it's yeah, a waste yeah. of time. And I don't yeah. believe in punching sideways because you're not going to get ahead. You always want to punch up. Um, you just kind of – and that's something that the small guy doesn't realize. He doesn't even know how to go about it. He's learning as he goes. It's – God bless you, man. I just – it's a tough gig, and I and I hate to be that way because everyone always thinks you're just saying it because you just don't want any competition. Yeah, right, right. But – it's not because they say to me when I say it, and they go, it's not going to be around here. It's going to be far away. And I go, no, I don't care if it's across the street. Right. Good luck to you right. if you want to do you that. You got to work in a good shop for at least a year because your perception of the consumer is not reality. As the consumer. As a consumer. Yeah. Yeah, you, the way it. you view it, because the guys that are really into it that would ever think about opening a cigar store or starting a brand, yeah, they're into it. And they don't understand that really – 98% of the consumers are not into it. Cigars are something that they smoke on the weekend to relax a little bit. Yeah. They buy some cigars for them and their golf buddies. You know what I mean? That, 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 is, the, that is where the bulk of the market is. And yeah. um, there's only so many of that geek consumer. But that geek consumer, he's so into it. Why is he going to smoke your bread XYZ yeah. when you got people like Nicholas at yeah. Foundation doing interesting mm-hmm. stuff and you got people like me doing interesting stuff? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm grabbing that guy before you're grabbing that guy. Um, it's really, really tough. And But if you're going to do it, look at, look be at frugal. The, look at the celebrities that tried endorsing products. We've never been owning products. We've never had a successful celebrity never. deal. Never. And every time, and the thing that always amazes me is how dumb retailers are that they continually buy into it. 
I mean, literally, we've had nothing but example after example after example. And the thing is, there have been some, like, really, like, uh, Armand Asante. He's like a legit cigar guy, right? right? Yeah. You're like, okay, this guy's like, he's not doing it because he wants to be Armand Asante. Am I saying his name? Armand Asante. Armand Asante. You know what I mean? Um, but it's just, I've never seen any of those brands ever get any traction. They always get that first year. But then very rare do they go anywhere. I, I hope someday to be proven wrong. Yeah. You know, but it just doesn't seem to work. Cigar consumers don't care. It's time for the strength and character segment. Brought to you by Camacho Cigars. Camacho uh. Cigars, the icon of uncompromised values. Okay, there's six pillars of character, trustworthiness, respect, responsibility, fairness, caring, and citizenship. We are looking today at fairness, and one of the fairness characteristics is be open-minded, listen to others. Where do you stand on that, Steve? Be open-minded, listen to others. This is a perfect one for you. I think most people would find this surprising, but I am actually kind of open-minded. Really? I, I do tend to listen. Okay. Uh, I see and, the look on my wife's. You, you disagree? <laughs> Speak from the peanut gallery now. You're out there. I, th- I think you make the final decision. I don't know what happens in your mind beforehand that you make the final decision, but you, you, I typically talk with you after you've made your final decision. You know, you show me something. What do you oh, think? I don't ask people's opinions about anything okay. because everybody has an opinion. Yeah. And the thing about everybody's opinion is for them, it's 100% right. So why get into opinions? And and so for me, if we're talking about branding ideas or if we're talking about, you know, blend, like a, nobody ever gets any two cents into the blend. Yeah. I don't, that's none of your business. Yeah. You, have the, <laughs> you have the option of you can buy it or you can't buy it, right? But uh, uh, so from that perspective, no. But, I mean, I'm I'm pretty open-minded, and I think over the years – I've probably become more open-minded, I think. I think John, I've become more reflective. Is he telling the truth? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. We would have, I think us three on the panel would yeah. have lost a bet on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this is an interesting thing. You know, I've been involved in the hiring and employing of lots of people, right? I'm now into the thousands. I have a lot of people that I fired that still say I was the best boss they ever had, really? even though I fired them. Wow. You know. They realized they were wrong. You were right. They figured out it's good. Well, because in the end, they have to figure it out. Because the truth is, you never want to fire anybody. Whenever you hire someone, you're hoping they're going to be a rock star, right? That's what you're hoping for. You want them to succeed. You want them to be fantastic. You you want to pay them double of what you started them at. Because they earned it. I mean, it's... uh, As a father, it's Father's Day week. I mean, that's what you want to do to your children. Tough love and get them on the right path. And, you know, I I remember saying it to my daughter, you're going to thank me someday for this no that I'm not allowing you to do this thing. And it's going to make you a better person for it. It's tough to say no, but no. And that's part of being a dad, right? Well, obviously. I mean, we had this conversation around the kitchen table about a week ago i mean one of the universal truths in life is that everybody wants the lives of their children to be better than their lives 
And it doesn't matter what culture you're from. It doesn't matter what socioeconomic class you're from. This is just kind of a universal truth. We all want the lives of our children to have more opportunity and to be better than our lives. And as a parent, it's something that you strive for. And this generation might not make it. Well, this generation has a lot of things stacked against it. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, going back to the... The fairness thing. I know why you guys would have lost the bet because, well, you saw the way I started today downstairs, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very direct. I'm very, I tell people exactly what I think. Yeah. And that's something that doesn't necessarily play well in society today. Right. Um, and I, people are just too used to being coddled and lied to and, you know, trying to play on their emotions. And I, I just tend to make my life simple and just say things for the way I view them. Not that the way I view them is 100% right, but I am very open about how I feel about things and what I think is wrong and what I think is right. And that makes, and I think it's the same thing. If you talk to the people that I actually really do business with, they would tell you that I am one of their absolute best business relationships, that I'm the most fair. Fair they, but firm. Fair but firm. I have expectations, but you they know what those expectations are. Fair but firm? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, and it's me. I'm a little rough. Maduro <laughs> Dave comes out once in well, a while. And my, gonna, my mother is tough. She I, was a tough mother. I was going to say, it sounded like Maduro Steve came into the yeah, store this yeah, morning. Yeah. Uh, we found Dave's kryptonite this week. All you got to mention is... That was the grandchild. Right. Oh. See, he's smiling right <laughs> Little now. Little puddle. Yeah. <laughs> Gets all squishy. Yeah. And, and again, you want the next generation to be better in the generation even after that. So I'm, that's what's in my head right now is mm-hmm. what can I do to, to help him out and everything. So, But that's uh, how we think as fathers. That's yeah. how we think as mothers, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So why shouldn't we think like that with our business too, right? Because you're part of the family, should. right? Of and course. Especially in your case, you got family members or even people you I mean, consider your jo- family. Your job is to be a responsible matriarch or patriarch. Yeah, yeah. It just is. John Saka, thank you for joining us thank here. You. Thank you, Steve. Uh, happy Father's Day to everybody that's out there. It's Wednesday. It already happened. I hope you had a good Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week, Saturday on the show, we have Nick Malillo. We are releasing the 2021 Firecracker the previous Monday, right? We're not having it on Saturday. This release? No, it'll be released online Monday at 10 a.m. This oh, Monday? Uh, no. This is Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, so I'm sorry. Up- yeah. The upcoming Monday at 10 a.m. TwoGuysCigars.com. Yeah, we'll, we'll tell you all about it on Saturday. Thanks for everybody <laughs> for joining in. And Mr. Jonathan will be back. And you're going to be back. You're on vacation. Yes, but I'll be here next week. You'll just be here for anyway. the show. Yes. Okay. All right. See you and then. Stick the lid end in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.